Hello there, and welcome to my podcast. I'm Connie. I'm a certified nutritionist, personal trainer, busy mom, and I live on a small hobby farm. I'm a former bodybuilder, and I currently have found a love for endurance sports. But I'm not your typical athlete. I believe there are many more contributors to athletic performance and overall health, and that we as a population might be doing it wrong. You won't see me pounding goose or chicken and rice, but you will see me in the pursuit to fuel not only athletic performance, but also balance it with optimal health. This is not just a podcast for athletes. Many people that fall into the health scene get there for a reason. I found myself in suboptimal states at multiple times in my life, and it has really sparked my passion for metabolic and systemic health. I am constantly a student of what I love, and now I hope to help others by bringing quality guests to the show to share their opinions and resources to hopefully help you formulate strategies to help you crack your health code. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode. I'm super excited that you are joining me for another talk with another great guest. Today, I'm super excited to have Crystal Sykes on the podcast. I met Crystal through Robert Sykes, who was on my podcast uh, several years ago now. It's been a while. Uh, We've maintained a great relationship and a connection, and I really love what Crystal is doing because she's kind of a genuine influencer that is really interested in self-love and finding joy and she's real and raw and I just love it. So today we kind of dive down every single rabbit hole in the book, including a little bit of her story with gut health, what brought her to a ketogenic diet. I always like hearing people's pieces of that. And uh, so we basically just chit chat a lot on this episode. I hope you enjoy that. I love hearing other people's stories. That's something that I'm big about is hearing what has worked for other people, what hasn't. I love hearing their stories, their triumphs, their tribulations. And so it's really great to catch up with other people that are out there trying to make a difference. And Crystal is certainly doing that. So super excited to have her on the show. Before we dive into the episode, I just wanted to remind you of a few things. So My website is up and running with all the information for lab testing. I just recently added a GI lab test to that list of tests that I am able to get you a discount on. This test is a super comprehensive test. It looks at all of the bacteria. uh, It looks for parasites. It looks for if you're digesting your fats, if you're digesting your carbohydrates, proteins, etc., very, very comprehensive, and I have included it on my website. So if you just go to www.connienightingale.com, find the lab testing services tab, click on that, scroll through all of those tests. There is a lot of really helpful information on there. If you need any help getting through that or with choosing correct tests that may not be listed on there, please feel free to send me a message. I'm happy to help you for free. Uh, I'm always eager to help people get started on their health journey. Lab testing can be a big part of that. And within the last couple of weeks, I have had several clients that I've run labs on and I have caught really big health conditions, things that their doctors have been missing for years, which is great because then I have it on paper and I'm like, hey, take this to your doctor, show them this number right here. 
or I can send you to a doctor that I have a lot of faith in. And so it's worked really, really well. We've been able to get some people on track and get their doctors on board with their healing, which has been amazing. So if you need any help with that, go to that link. It will get you hooked right up. I also want to remind you that on my website as well, I have tons of pre-made programs. So you may not have the money to invest in one-on-one coaching with me, but the pre-made programs are the next best thing. They give you access to me and instant messaging, my health and fitness groups, as well as my programming and nutrition help that comes with wonderful recipe books. And I think you would find a lot of value in it. I try to keep it really affordable. So it's usually around $10 a week and great programs that I have personally tried and love and want to pass them on to you guys. So go check out that tab. It's on programs. Also, I just wanted to let you know, please remember that I am a better beauty advocate for Beauty Counter. So if you are looking for clean beauty products, definitely head on over to beautycounter.com forward slash Connie Nightingale and start cleaning up your beauty routine. I personally am addicted to their deodorant. Right now it's super sunny out, so getting sunscreen on my skin that is not toxic is really important to me. Uh, But also, I really love their lip gloss. I can't tell you how much of a fan I am of it, but I can tell you this. I have sold it to so many people, and all of these people send me messages back going, this is the best lip gloss I have ever had. So, At the bare minimum, try out their lip gloss. I promise you that you won't be disappointed. And if you are, I will Venmo you money right now because I would be totally blown away. So you guys head on over to beautycounter.com forward slash Connie Nightingale. Order yourself the lip gloss. Try it. You will not be disappointed. Anyway, before I ramble on about myself much further, Here is Crystal Sykes. All right, Crystal, I'm super excited to have you on the show today. First of all, if people don't know who you are, you are married to Robert Sykes. He is the keto savage. However, we have the lady savage over here who also has amazing things going on uh, for fitness, mindset, nutrition, all of it. Um, And you have a lot of great things to say. And so that's why I wanted to invite you on the podcast today, because I think that a lot of people need to hear some of the motivational things you have to talk about and a little bit of your story. Well, thanks for having me on. I'm very excited. I think this will be a fun, fun conversation I've got a lot of things that just go on in life. So I'm, I'm pretty much just like here for everything. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And I mean, there's so many ways we could go for this conversation and I'm sure it's going to go all over the place, which is cool because I, I mostly, I love other people's stories and like how they have found themselves or things they have discovered about themselves over time and things like that. And I think you don't have to be some celebrity to have a great story. And so that's why uh, I love interviewing all these people and listening to their stories. That's my favorite part of having this podcast. 
Yeah, totally. I just read something the other day I was going to share and it was just, it's, it was pretty much saying anyone has, everyone has a story. And if you share your story, you're going to encourage other people to want to share their story, which is just going to help everyone else. You know, it's really, honestly, I feel like we're all just here kind of telling our, our little life and like how we progress or digress or whatever, you know? I love it. I love it. Well, I always start off by asking you what got you doing the things that you're doing. I mean, you're obviously into fitness mindset, all these things. You guys are pretty well known. What got you started down this path? Have you always been into fitness or was it something that came about for some reason or another? And then you dove all in. How did that look for you? Yeah, that's a, that's a story in itself right there. You got it. <laughs> I love it. Um, so really I, I what okay. So in high school I did sports, all that. Then there was several years where I just completely fell off, decided that I didn't want anything to do with it. Never cared about what I ate, never cared about working out or doing really anything. Um, people were lucky if I, I was lucky if I took myself on a run once every couple months, um, but was just really never into it. And around the same time that I actually met Robert, who had already been doing bodybuilding for many years and actually caring about what he was eating, um, I had began to have a lot of digestive issues. And so I just spent like a year or two just going back and forth to different doctors and things like that. And it definitely affected my mental health as well. So I was kind of all types of messed up. Um, and then as I was trying to figure out my GI health, it was like diet after diet after diet of what the doctors had me doing. And then, uh, Robert had actually just started doing like keto. And of course he was already working out. So I had the encouragement of him, uh, to kind of like help me help guide me to the right little path. So, um, I kind of just found out what worked for me and that led me into like the keto space. And, um, and then my, my doctor really told me like, you need to start working out. So I just started going to the gym slowly, but surely, and, uh, just found that working out with Robert was really motivating and then kind of just led one thing into the next. And, I've been keto and bodybuilding for like five years now. (laughs) I love it. And it's really fun to watch your evolution of fitness, Um, especially now because you've definitely made it a point to kind of like myself to say, listen, sometimes less is more and, and you've noticed the changes your body has gone through over time. Um, with different modalities, which I love because it's like, oh, when you thought you weren't making progress, then you look years down the road at your pictures Mm -hmm. and you're like, holy smokes. And if people don't follow you, they need to pop on over and check you out because girlfriend, you've been putting on some serious gains in the last year. (laughs) Well, what's crazy is I went through like a year and a half of just really struggling with different hormones and things. And, um, just having some issues with like adrenal fatigue and and things like that. So I took it really easy for about a year, maybe like a year and a half. And then I just decided like, I'm tired of feeling like I'm tired of feeling poorly. And, um, and I really just want to get back to what I was doing. So I kind of used my mental energy to pick myself back up and just said like, I don't care how I feel. I'm just going to do this. And, um, really picking myself up mentally has made the physical changes, you know, back to tracking macros, back to, um, really lifting heavy and like that as my goal, but then also recognizing when my body needs a break and 
using that and trying to benefit from from the breaks that my body is telling it that it needs. Whereas before I was just pushing through and killing myself, essentially. <laughs> I'm kind of in the same uh, phase of my training as well, I guess. I, I am like, if I wake up and I'm like super sore and exhausted, I just don't work out. It's like, okay, my body obviously doesn't like me today. We'll give it a couple days. And then you get in this big hurry. You have a tendency to like, in your mind be like, Oh, I'm losing time that I could be making gains. And you kind of have to flip that around to more of a long game. It's like over time in the big picture, how much is this rest day really going to hurt me? Probably Mm going to help me more than anything. And so I, I understand that intuitive kind of, uh, approach to training. So I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely have like a, a strategic plan put in place, but then like when my body just tells me, I you're not going to do that today. I just try to listen, you know, I just try to like take it a little lighter or like do a little bit of something, something out of my norm, maybe like use a little bit more bands or something like that. Um, because yeah, man, I have overused the excuse of needing to take time off and I've also underused it. So I've messed with both of those. Now it's just like, let's just listen to the body a little bit. It's so hard, right? Because when you're a driven individual, you're like, am I being lazy today or do I actually need a rest? (laughs) It's very hard to draw that line because you don't want to be lazy or unmotivated, but then it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, wait, is this a signal from my body? So how do you know how to differentiate between the two? Well, I I don't know that I, I've gotten it down to a T, but um, generally speaking, like when I feel poorly, I I will feel like it's almost like I can feel inflammation or just like achy and and like, it's not even like a muscle sore. It's like, I, my body aches and I'm, I can tell I'm not recovered, but I generally, we will go for a walk before we work out. And so I'll go on the walk. And if through that walk, I feel like a little, you know, looser, feeling a little bit better, then I'll go through with it. If I still feel super tight and just not really optimal, then I'll I'll still go in the gym, maybe do some stretching, maybe do some band work or something that's super light. And then, um, and then I'll just let myself go. But I usually try to get a little active that way. I'm not wimping out (laughs) mentally. I'm still out there. I still have to do it, whether it's cold or hot out there or whatever. I still go out, do something to get a little bit of movement in. And then I, I allow myself to just take it easy if I, if that's what I need. <laughs> I kind of feel the same way. I can tell like if I'm harboring inflammation or mm-hmm. if it's like less of a lazy thing and more of a, Hey, I need that extra recovery day. So, um, I like hearing that come from you. So at what point did you decide that you wanted to start bodybuilding as well? Was it something that Robert encouraged or was it something you had seen and you're like, I want to be a part of this or how did that go? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so in the very beginning, I was like, I never want to be big. I like small, skinny girls. I, and and by the, there's nothing wrong with that. I just changed what I wanted for myself. And, um, and I went to Robert's when we first started dating, I went to his com- a competition of his. And then I, I think it was like a year later, I went to another competition and I was like, I could do that. <laughs> I can do that. But I convinced myself that I didn't want to. I was like, I could do that, but I don't want to. It's just too much effort, whatever. Um, so another like year or two went by and I had completely, I had said I was never going to do it. 
I was like, it's just not my thing. I don't want to get on stage. I don't want to do that. I want to support Robert and him doing that. And then all of a sudden something got into me and I like wasn't sleeping at night. So I started Googling what it would take to do a competition. And I finally decided in my own mind that I was going to do it. So one day I brought it to Robert and I said, I'm going to do a competition. Will you coach me through it? And so he was super excited because it's like, he's, that's his passion, you know? Um, and then we just ran with it. A couple months later, we just went all in and, and I did a, a competition that spring. So let's kind of dive into that. I mean, competing is amazing. And you and I both know you get into it and you don't really realize the way your body's changing. So then you, you start seeing these things and you get leaner and leaner and leaner and leaner. And then you look like the best you can possibly ever look the day you step on stage but then you have to come out of that. And <laughs> that is by far worse than any, anything, because you, here you are. And I feel like you have also bear these anticipations or, or expectations of how people think you should look now that you did a competition. Now that you look this way to go back to normal, which is still probably lean and pretty fit is super hard. And people don't realize the mental ramifications of that. So, and especially for females, I feel like it is extremely hard to come back from competition. So now that you've made this step, you've stepped on stage what happens afterwards? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a really tricky time. If, if you don't know, uh, a lot of people, not everyone, but a lot of competitors, like the day of your competition, uh, will just go eat whatever the heck you want. Um, <laughs> uh, you just kind of get to eat whatever. Some people are strategic and that's really smart. Um, but I went crazy at a, uh, Brazilian steakhouse and then I made myself like this big, huge keto brownie and it was delicious and I devoured it. But after that, I didn't stop doing that. Um, and I think it was just like months after month after month after month of not getting to feel full and like super satisfied and things like that, that it like totally overcame me and really took over my mind, I think, um, so that led into a lot of me like having um, some binge eating issues and sometimes purging and things like that. Um, and the weight gain is probably the hardest part uh, because not only did I gain the weight back all the way, I got to the heaviest I'd ever been in my life. <laughs> and that's not a really great feeling because... I, I wasn't the lightest I'd ever been, but with the muscle that I had, that was the leanest I had ever been. Um, so I went from like the leanest I'd ever been to the biggest I've ever been. And that was to it totally screwed with my mind. Um, I, I got like a little bit like depressed there for a little while. I, I hate to use that word because it was, it's probably a lot more serious for other people. Um, but it was definitely, I mean, it was so hard, especially like after that, we would go to conferences and people would want to say, hey, or take pictures together or whatever. And I'm like, I just got done with a competition three months ago and I am so much heavier and I look nothing like the photos that I, you know, took on stage or whatnot. So yeah, that was, that was really difficult. Um, I definitely had a lot of lows after mm -hmm. my competition, a lot of people feel like on this high, like I'm going to go lift more weights and I'm going to get even, you know, stronger and bigger for next show. And mine was just like, I totally failed myself after the show. 
<clears throat> do you feel like, cause I feel like, and I always love talking to other female competitors about this. It's, it's kind of fun. Um, but I feel like you, when you get into bodybuilding and you get to where you have a stage goal, you're constantly critiquing your body too. And I feel like you're like, I need to fix this or I need to do that. And, and after time, it almost becomes like a negative mindset because you don't realize it, but you're putting something down per se when you're critiquing it all the time. And I know for myself, that was something I had to work very hard to change because I had gotten into that rut where I was always critiquing myself and it definitely played a major role in my mental um, capabilities when it came to how I looked at myself. Yeah, totally. That's funny that you mentioned that. I was just going through some old photos the other day and there was one, it was like several months after my competition and I was looking at a, a picture of me on stage and one of them was just the picture. And then the next picture, the next slide over is a picture of me pointing to different areas of my body and saying like, shoulders need to be more capped. Uh, I need to build my, my quads more. I need, you know, and it was just all of the things I needed to fix. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, now I'm thinking I looked the best I ever looked. How was I critiquing myself on what needed to be better? And at a certain point, like, yeah, you should probably, like, I could have definitely put on more muscle for the next show or whatever. Um, But what a mindset that was just to like, look your best, but still have so many negative things to say about it. You know, Mm -hmm. it just seems, seems so, so odd. People ask now too, like, what is like, what's your goal? What are you, are you going to do another competition? Are you going to do this? Like, are you leaning out? Are you, and I'm like, I'm just being healthy. I'm just loving, loving, having a body, you know, (laughs) loving, building it up and like loving fitness and just feeling really good, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but it took me a long time to get to the point where I am now, where it's like, I'm okay. Just working out, you know, building my body, doing the fitness thing. Um, You don't always have to be nitpicking yourself you know, all the time to be better and better and better. I love that. And I feel like that's when your body changes the most, which is the craziest part of it all. When you stop nitpicking and like grinding yourself in the gym to make yourself look a certain way, uh, that's when all of a sudden you realize that your body is starting to change. It's the wildest thing. Um, Your body starts to change. Your health starts to be optimal all of these things completely make like a 360 rather than like trying to crush things. And then you're seeing no results. I don't know if it's a complete mindset shift, which then pushes itself onto the body's capabilities. But when you stop working out to look a certain way or to lose weight or for social standards, all of a sudden everything starts to come together. And I kind of feel like from an outsider's point of view, that's kind of what has happened to you because now you look so incredible and it's, and I know that it came with some mindset shifts for you as well. Well, first of all, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely been a huge mindset change. I think just from having a lot of those. So I did my competition then I had to work through a lot of those eating disorders and things like that. And just learning that it's okay to eat and it's okay to like put a cap on things. And there's just so much that goes with that, um, that I worked through that. And then right after that was like, man, I was hit with another thing and just working on like healing hormones and all of that. 
And that was such a mental struggle to work through. And, and then it's like, I'm good. I'm solid. I, I'm, you know, I'm going to work on building up who I am, why I'm doing what I'm doing, rather than letting the world decide for me what I'm supposed to look like, what I'm supposed to do, how I'm supposed to act. I'm going to just do. I'm going to do my life and I'm going to stink and love it. And it's going to be great. And honestly, since I decided that, like, I choose happiness, I choose joy over everything. Um, and I'm going to keep moving forward in the best possible way I can for myself and my family. And that's pretty much it. Uh, even like all, all of this time with like this past year, COVID, everything, I actually had, a, I had several people um, message me and just like almost disgusted with how positive I was being uh, or like joyful through it all. And gosh, darn, man, it was not even just COVID. Like I had a ton of family issues that arose last year. And I'm like, I am choosing. I choose, you choose your happiness. You choose your joy. You choose what you place in your life and remove from your life. And that's exactly what I did. And then I wasn't going to let any of the negativity back in. So it was very interesting to get that feedback because I had been that negative person. I had been through those ups and downs of like, why is that person acting that way? They should be upset and sad. And, you know, I just said, I'm not going to choose that anymore. I'm going to choose to be this way and, and I'm not going to, you know, waver. <clears throat> okay. Love this. Totally did the same thing with myself. And it's funny because I used to be horrible. I probably was that black cloud that people were talking about back in the day, you know, <laughs> uh, totally. And I mean, I understand that life gets some people down and that's, that's, that is something. And every once in a while, it's pretty rare these days, but every once in a while, I feel myself kind of sliding that direction again, like kind of getting that question in my mind of why is this going on right now? Um, but I always try to pick out the good things and going back to that, uh, my husband and I, and my whole family, we all ran a Spartan race a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it was pretty funny because a man actually, my husband did the beast, which is the biggest one. And he said, a man went by him that had no legs. And this man's doing the hardest Spartan race out there with no legs. Oh my gosh. Literally walking on his hands, basically. And my husband was like, I have no complaints for the rest of my life. Yeah. He's like, look at this guy out here. He's out here crushing it, doing everything that we're doing with legs and so much more that we can use. And he, instead of saying, I don't have legs, I can't do that. He's like, what do I have that can help me make do this? You know? And I think you have to totally change your mindset in your life. And there's people that do it that have much worse cards than you, which I hate to downplay that because we all perceive things differently too, yeah. but I think we have to make that choice. And I think it's amazing that you figured that out for yourself. Yeah. It's a, uh, I think it's a lot of learning from other people too. We had a kind of like a, it was like a gathering. I don't even remember what the, the main point of, I think it was just stoicism, like retreat. And, um, it was, uh, Marcus Aurelius Anderson and he is in Oklahoma. So Robert and I took a trip out there and it ended up being a bunch of business owners. And so that was really good for us to be able to connect with other, uh, people who are kind of in that, that world, I guess, um, gets the busyness of life and the chaos and the stress and all of that. Um, but then also it, 
everyone there had such a positive outlook and we we did a lot of like physical activities um Marcus uh, wrote a book and he kind of talked about a little bit about his story and his struggles and things like that it really just it like the man with no legs like it puts you in your place where you're like I have nothing to complain about my life is so great I have all of these wonderful things and looking for the positive in your life and not choosing to be negative about it is like I could be, you know, we've lived in a warehouse for three years and sometimes I complain about it. I'm like, I, I live in a warehouse like this stinks. I don't have a normal kitchen, but I'm like, I have a roof over my head. I have food in my fridge, you know, and I really just have to remind myself all the things that I do have and the things that I'm grateful for rather than focusing on the negative and, and choosing for that to be what comes out of my mouth. And you're building your empire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we can talk about that a little bit too, because I, I can't imagine you guys have so many things going on, but the biggest thing is you work together all the time. Your business owners from a young age, you've started all this and you've started building this empire. And I can't imagine that's easy all the time. Like I understand yeah. I'm a business owner. I branched out on my own and there's actually a lot of stress involved because you're no longer, you're investing into something you never know is going to work. And you're spending a lot of energy, making sure that it does work and doing that with somebody else all the time, 24 seven. And so I'm sure that there are challenges that come with that as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's a, it has been a journey because when Robert and I first met, he asked me like, what is it that you want in life? And I said, I want to be a mom and I want to have pigs. Like that's it. I don't care what else I do with my life, but that's, that is it. Um, I used to raise uh, pigs when I was you know, I was younger, I did FFA and all that. So I was like, I always want my pigs and I want to be a mom. And then that's it. That's all I want. And he was always very in the mindset of like, I want my own business. I'm going to be successful. Like at one thing or another, like it's going to happen. So I knew getting into it that something big was in my future. I just had no idea what it was. (laughs) And um, Robert just really started building up all of his stuff with Keto Savage. And I saw it growing and growing and growing. And then we started making the bricks and then we started doing YouTube and then we started, you know, like it was just one thing after the next. And honestly, we've used our YouTube channel as a photo album for ourselves. Like we, it was our anniversary the other day and we actually just sat there watching videos of our move from Washington state to Arkansas. And it was so fun to see like how far we've come from then to now, just different mindsets and different, uh, just completely different jobs. Like I was, when we left Washington, I was working several jobs, Robert as well. And now we're, we're like, man, it's, it's been several years since we worked for anyone else. That's, that's a weird feeling. Um, not only do we work for ourselves, we employ other people. <laughs> um, it's a, it's a wild, it's a wild ride, but it has been so fun and I would not change it for the world. And I am not a mom yet, nor do I have pigs, but I am living my best life. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So this is great. So where did the conversation go down? where, I mean, I'm assuming you guys talked about it together. It was like, let's start keto brick. Let's start this Mm -hmm. business. Um, and then what did that look like and how has it evolved? Yeah, that's, uh, 
Man, it that has been a journey. Um, so we started eating bricks ourselves when Robert did his competition in, I think it was 2017. <clears throat> and we started filming different things on YouTube and people were like, what is that thing you're eating? So we were like, well, maybe, you know, maybe it could be something. His mom was like, you should totally make that. You should totally make it a thing. So uh, we actually sent some bricks to our friends. I, the only person I could think of that actually we sent it to was Danny Vega. And I have no, <laughs> I have no idea who else we sent them to, but he was like, yeah, like go, go for it. We need these in our life. And uh, so we just, we really just sat down one day and we're like, what is this going to take? At that point we had no furniture or anything. So we went and got a big shelf and a bunch of boxes and we put ingredient in these boxes and that was our living room. Like we stored everything in our living room. We had no couch, no nothing. Um, and I really started to dive into the, the health department aspect of things and like what, what we needed to do to, you know, work in a commercial kitchen and things like that. Um, so Robert worked a lot on the back end of like the business side. And I worked more on like, how do we make this a, a thing? Like, how do we legally make all of the right choices and, you know, dive right in? So, um, yeah, we, it was like when we weren't, when I wasn't working my normal job, we would drive three hours to the nearest uh commercial kitchen which was three hours away um we would unload everything from the vehicle make bricks all night load the vehicle back up and drive the three hours back home it was insane it was absolutely insane it sounds like some kind of drug deal (laughs) it really does and then we got that big black van so now we look even worse we're like yeah we're just selling bricks out of our van you know (laughs) (laughs) So how did this brick evolve? Like, so if anybody doesn't know, keto bricks are a like perfectly nutrient dense brick of there are multiple different flavors, but basically Mm -hmm. you could live off of one of the things. Uh, (laughs) They're pretty good. I like to melt them down and make them into like individual Mm -hmm. little candies. But um, how did this start? Was this like a kitchen concoction gone wrong or what? (laughs) We had a bunch of terrible recipes of them and we we actually made them for robert's competition day so that he had something super dense but that was high in calories so he had enough energy for the show day but didn't bloat him or like make him feel terrible or anything like that so we started making a bunch of different things and i they if there was some terrible recipes at one point in the very beginning um and then we just kind of like kept making them and they just kept getting better and we tried different things different flavors and the first one we ever made that we actually sold was the mocha and we love coffee so it was like boom done that's it you know that's gonna be the one and we didn't actually anticipate making more flavors until someone asked us like so you gonna like do another flavor we were thinking yeah, I, I guess we could do that. Let's let's make it happen. So then we just started producing different flavors and trying to figure out what different ingredients we can use. And and then it took off. <clears throat> That's awesome. Now yeah. you've got all sorts of flavors. Yeah. Um, For the record, though, mocha is still my favorite as far as that goes. So uh, <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, mocha was my favorite until the malt came along. Ah. It was my favorite all the way through. And then malt came along and stole my heart. That's awesome. (laughs) Well, so that's really cool. So talking about that, this is a big taboo subject. People, and there's still so many naysayers out there, and I kind of go every direction. I've tried everything. Honestly, 
what convinced me to, to kind of try to get into keto a little bit was I was that bodybuilder that was like, I just not sure you can build muscle on keto. Like, and, but there were things about it that I really liked. And I talked with Robert about them and I was like, Hmm, I like that, that you don't have to totally deplete the heck out of somebody. And I like this and that there was a lot of positives too. And I had reconstructive hip surgery and it was like, well, I'm not building muscle right now. Why don't I give it a try? I've not ever tried it. I want to run myself through it and just see how can you bash on something or not believe in it unless you've already tried it. I mean, Mm -hmm. science and all these people that claim science and all these things, they, I don't care. That was still somebody else's study. It wasn't yours on yourself. And so to me, I can't say, no, you can't do this or no, that doesn't work unless I've personally tried it myself. So I dove in for a solid year and was strict ketogenic. And I discovered some things. I will tell you that because I loved it and it worked great for me. And especially in the endurance scene, which is the scene that I was in at the time and still trying to be, but I've got some other things going on. Uh, (laughs) It was an amazing thing for me. And I still get crap from people over the fact that I actually like keto and I think it's great. And I think it's great for so many reasons. And so I'm sure you get a ton of pushback from people telling you, you can't live this way and you can't build muscle and you've proven them wrong already. But I mean, what do you have to say about all of that? Yeah. My story is a little bit interesting because I started keto and weight training within a, like it was like a four or five month time period. So I've, I've only known really lifting with keto. So I can't even compare it really. I mean, I could compare it for like four months, but I didn't even know what I was doing then. Um, so I started doing keto because of all of my stomach issues. And for me, it's like, I can't undo it because I only feel good eating this way. Um, so I actually like completely went off all of the medications that they had me on. I didn't have any of the pain that I was having before, didn't have any of the bloating. I went a couple of years after I had been keto um, and I went and had an endoscopy and a colonoscopy done and everything was gone. Like there was a ton of like erosion, discoloration, inflammation in both directions. And um, the t- this time I went back in and everything was gone. And the only thing I did was stop my medication, start exercising and changed my diet. And I think it is so hard. I'm not going to try and convince someone to be keto. I mean, I have been keto for like five years now and my family is just now starting to like catch on to things. So um, I'm not going to try to convince someone what my goal is to just live my life and love my life and be as healthy as I possibly can and do the research, you know, find out what, what works for other people and apply them in my life and see if they work or not. I love that you said that because you are your own research study. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, and there's, there's so many different ways of doing keto that I feel like you can't really do it wrong. Uh, I mean, there's definitely going to be a, a up and down for different people, but, Um, someone who's an athlete or a bodybuilder or whatever can have a little bit more carbs. Um, You know, they can have a hundred grams of carbs. That's not something that I personally do, but I also don't benefit from it in 
in any way. And my, my stomach just kind of like goes crazy. So, um, there's just so many different ways that you can't bash it until you've tried it and tried the different like ratios of things and the different types of foods. And, um, I think a lot of people just don't know that you can feel differently. And, uh, so that's, I just like you, I encourage people to just try it, see what you think. I hated it the first time I tried it. I thought it was the worst. I didn't like it and I quit. And then I realized how terrible I felt after I went back to eating my normal diet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And uh, so I went back to keto and I changed some things. I changed the types of foods that I was eating and boom, I haven't changed my diet since. Nice. I love that. And that's the other thing. Like we all need to be our own experiments when it comes to things. Um, I personally think everybody should try it for a solid time in their life. If anything, I mean, worst case scenario, you're going to reset insulin sensitivity your body is going to change the way it recognizes fat. I mean, there's so many different things. You're going to bring that metabolic flexibility portion into there. And now I'm not fully ketogenic. I go through cycles with it. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes I want to wake my insulin sensitivity back up or when I'm endurance training, I have really found that it is just the optimal way to be. I just do better when I'm in ketosis. So, Mm -hmm. uh, and it's really crazy how your body recognizes carbs once you're in ketosis, because then you can do a big carb load. I mean, at least for me personally, anecdotally, I'll do a big carb load. My blood sugar won't even move because my muscles pull in all of that glycogen. Mm -hmm. And then I stay in ketosis, which is the wildest part of it all. (laughs) And then I perform like the beast because I am in ketosis and I have muscle glycogen. And let me tell you, that has been the way I have been fueling for any event that I do because it works incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just like that, like, how would you know if you didn't even give it a if you didn't even give it a try, you know, um, I, yeah, I love that. I, I, I think, I really think everyone just trying to do their own, their own experiment, their own, you know, going after it. I did, I tried paleo for a little while. I did. I mean, the doctors had me on several different diets that I absolutely hated, but, um, but trying something for 30 to 90 days, I think is a really good, I think it's a really good chance. Um, my, my brother just recently tried keto and he's like, he's never really been interested in nutrition at all. Like didn't, doesn't really care. Um, but he just said, you know, I'm starting to get a little older and I, I need to tighten things up and be healthy. And I have all these kids. And so, um, he was like, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a shot. Send me some of those bricks and I'm, we're going to do this. And he did it for several months. And then he went off during the holidays and stuff. And he just said, I just don't feel as good. Mm -hmm. I just don't feel as good. And so he's going to have times where he goes off or he goes on for birthday parties or for holidays or whatever. Um, But I think he found what his baseline is for, you know, all of the other months or times that he doesn't want to just eat whatever he wants to be a little bit more on track or, you know, tighter for the summertime or whatever people want to do. So, so kind of speaking about that, do you go out of ketosis? You guys are pretty serious. I'm pretty sure for your wedding, you even had everything be keto. So you don't cycle it. You don't bring things in sometimes, or do you, um, or do you just prefer to just stay there? And that's the norm for you guys. 
Yeah, that is just the norm for us. Um, I The first year that I was keto, <clears throat> I would be keto for several months, then I would have carbs, um, or I would like go crazy on like pastries or something like that. Um, and there was a time where I was trying to be really strategic. I was a little bit more into lifting super heavy, and I really wanted to like go for the powerlifting thing. Um, and I thought, oh, well, these other people are you know, cycling their carbs, I'm going to try that. So I tried it with white rice. And every time I tried to eat carbs, uh, I just went insane. I like couldn't stop myself. Um, and then whenever I did that, my stomach issues would arise and it was just, it was, it was a total nightmare. And I did that for a year, just like, Oh, well, maybe this will change it. Maybe this will be better. And, uh, so I just really decided for myself, like, this is not an option for me right now. Uh, I'm not going to try it, whether it's plain as a potato or rice or as sweet as a pastry. Like, it's just not not my thing. Um, So I did have that year of kind of like experimenting and just realize that that wasn't really it wasn't really for me. Um, And Robert, he did carb backloading before he ever started keto. And he really just found that he felt a little bit more optimal as well. Uh, We both played a little bit more in the beginning. And I feel like everyone else went like straight keto because that was a thing. And when we started, it wasn't really a thing yet. It was like, oh, we're going to try this low carb thing. And, oh, it's named keto now. And, you know, like we're going to, we, so it was like, we slowly progressed with it where other people jumped into keto And then wanted to start doing like carb ups and, you know, playing around with different proteins and things like that. Um, So I think that we had a lot of that experimenting in the beginning. And now it's just like, we've been doing this for like five years, five years for me, six years for Robert. And we just are done playing. I think we just found what really works well for us. And we don't want to change, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Not that we won't ever, but, but for us right now, like looking forward, I don't see us ever, you know, changing our way of life. Yeah, absolutely. And I like that you said that. And, you know, it's, I, the one thing I don't really like is I feel like keto has gotten a bad name because of the dieting aspect. I feel like rather than it being something that you can use to leverage all sorts of different health conditions or things like that, um, or even just for health period, I feel like it's become a weight loss thing, which has Mm -hmm given it a bad rap. Um, and so that's unfortunate because I think there are a lot of coaches out there that, that, um, demonize the fact that people will cut carbs or, or say that you should try a keto diet or something like that. And I think that that's because it's been overused as a weight loss modality, basically. Yeah, totally agree with that. I think it's, yeah, that's a really hard, that's a hard subject because a lot of people have lost weight with it. But I think like kind of, as you were saying before, like it has a lot to do with insulin. It has a lot to do with healing your insides and really just focusing on what you're, you're eating. And with, with keto, I feel like there isn't now there is beginning to be more and more. Um, but there's a lot of it is just eating real foods. You know, like that's part of the reason that we made the keto bricks because we were using real ingredients and putting them together so we could eat them, you know? Um, so 
it seems like a lot of people on a standard American diet who's eating fast food, who's eating chips, who's eating, you know, candy bars and things that are not whole foods, they transition to either like a paleo or a ketogenic diet and they feel better, but it may, I feel like a lot of it is because they're actually eating nutrient dense foods that are healing their insides, which then in turn allows them to lose weight. And people don't recognize that it's a process of healing your insides for however many years you've been eating the junk and doing the bad things to your body, you have to undo it. And it's not just going to fall off and it's not just going to, you know, it'd be a quick fix. It's, it's going to take time. And, um, I think just eating whole foods is everyone's should be everyone's first step. And that, that right there can lead you into a much healthier, um, lifestyle. Absolutely. I think it's so funny that keto has a buzzword because, you know, it used to be just like, you know, it was okay to eat a meat and a vegetable and you weren't right. keto. <laughs> now all of a sudden yeah. if you eat a meat and a vegetable and you don't have something else there that's processed, <laughs> you're keto. Oh my gosh. So I think that's funny. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So let's talk about a little bit. You launched officially the lady savage. Mm-hmm. Um, how many months ago now? It was probably four or five at this point. It was last June, believe Holy it or not. Time yeah. <laughs> ah, I can't even keep track. Um, yeah. anyway, so what is your goal with that? What are you doing for women? Um, what is your platform look like when it comes to lady savage? Yeah. So, you know, we've been doing this, the keto thing, Keto Savage has always been there. Robert's always done like conferences and things like that. And I've really just been like working on the back end of things. I never really needed a face. I never needed a thing. I was good just, you know, doing the back work and letting him kind of be the face with his podcast and all of that. Um, But I started to realize like the more I did put out just in my own, my own little mind, I just spill my beans and people want to watch it for some reason. (laughs) Um, So I decided, you know, I feel like I'm making a lot of relationships with females. And, uh, you know, some of these women are coming to me and saying like, hey, you know, like, it'd be nice to have like a space to talk or, you know, whatever. Um, And it just slowly became like more and more, I became more aware of my desire to connect with other women to connect with other, other people. And, um, I don't like to exclude the men, but I do think that there is something special with a, a group of women, um, to empower each other and kind of keep each other on, on your toes. And there's some things about being a woman, men just don't, or can't understand or, or choose to not dive into or what, whatever the, the, whatever, you know? Um, so I said, I think I'm going to build, I think I'm going to build out a website and it's just going to be for women. And I just want to have a platform to where like, I could put anything I wanted to, and it's mine. And I want to be an inviting place where women of any background, um, can come and just feel safe and comfortable and happy. And, uh, so I built some workout programs for different levels. Like there's a bands only a dumbbell only if people are doing things at home and then there's a full gym access and um and then i had a forum group but i actually switched that over to being on facebook because a lot more people are active on there um so that's kind of a space where we're just it's open to talk or ask questions i pick a topic every month and we dive into that topic and different people can jump on and do a live or whatever um but it's just really 
providing a platform for people to feel comfortable and happy and um, kind of maybe find some direction if they don't have any. And then I also offer like my coaching and stuff on there too. But um, mostly it was just providing a a safe place for women to feel whatever they want to feel and whatever they're going through. There is another person in this world going through something similar to what you're going through. Um, may not be the same thing, but I think it's important to find that group of people or that other person so that you have someone to kind of just understand you on a deeper level. I love that. And that's part of the reason I had you here today, because I think that you're doing great things, especially for the female community and a place that has become kind of vicious, um, especially with social media and things like that. A lot of women are picking up the wrong message and it's really hard to decipher between the lines of real and fake and, and, and raw. I mean, there's so many so many and so much things that we get bombarded with every day. And so I feel like I'm glad that there's a human in this universe that's trying to do things that are real, posting real things, um, saying, Hey, this is how I feel, or this is what's going on or, you know, all of that stuff. So I really am thankful for that with you. Well, thanks. Yeah. It's, it's never, it's, I don't know. (laughs) I've never been a fan of the fakeness or the trying to think of things that would make people excited. Um, I am just very much me and I am always trying to better myself daily, monthly, weekly, yearly. And I do a lot of reflecting, like self-reflection. And I think, I think that's how we get better is by really focusing on, okay, you know, how did I react to that situation? How can I be better in this situation? How can I be a better wife? How can I, you know, prepare for this situation or that situation? And as I find these things, I just share them. And um, whether they mean something to one person or the whole world, I, it's out there, it's out there in the world and you can like it or you cannot like it, but it's what I'm going through or, you know, the experience that I want to share, or maybe just lift someone up whatever it is. Um, I just think that there needs to be more authenticity in the world. And I hope that just by being one simple little person that I can encourage others to also be that way and to like, just love where they are and not try to be something different because they feel like the world wants them to be different. Absolutely. So what's your take on like social media and the things that are on there? Is there a way that women can decipher between what's real and what's not? And like, how should they perceive these things or handle them? Because that's a really tricky place. Sure is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I've been tricked myself. You know, I've, I've really, I've seen either people or things that I thought were real or authentic and it turned out that they weren't. Um, and that, that's a sad, it's a sad feeling, but it, and it kind of makes you put your guard up a little bit, but I think my first initial thought is to think positive, um, towards whatever it is, and then just kind of do like, do your little research or try to understand how it makes you feel, um, without, there's so much stuff about, um, this is the one that I feel, I, I mentioned it on a post and, some people liked it. Some people hated it. Um, but the the self-love um, aspect of things that 
I think it's great. I think self-love and self-care is super important. I think it's such a, a good topic. However, there's a lot of things that have transitioned self-love and self-care into I'm a, you know, I'm bad. I'm, I can do this and, and it doesn't matter because I am all that and I love myself and I don't care what you say. So it came from being this, this really good thing of empowering people to feel confident and feel good in their skin and take care of themselves into this. I am sassy. I am all that in a bag of chips and, you know, and I just, for me, that didn't sit well and it's okay if it sits well for other people. But for me, it just didn't, it, it felt bad in my gut. Like, I don't want to be that way. Mm -hmm. So I chose to go the opposite. And I, I decided to be like, this is not who I am. When I talk about self-love or self-care, it has nothing to do with these things over here. Um, and I think just really deciding for yourself how it makes you feel, if it gives you a good reaction in your heart and in your mind or a bad one, and then going with that. And that means sometimes turning off, you know, turn, turning off notifications for someone or completely removing their page, like from your view, or, um, if it's, it's, if it's like constantly these like certain images in the reels, just don't watch the reels or whatever it is, just turn it off, shut it off, put it away and don't, try to deal with it because it's always just going to sit there and fester. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I love that. That, that Instagram mute button and Facebook mute button <laughs> is the best thing ever. You don't have to hurt anybody's feelings. You can mute them. And it's like, mm -hmm. uh, you're good to go. I'm sure I've been muted at whatever, but uh, yeah, you know, same. that's uh, totally fine. You know, but I think the word that you might've been looking for back there is there's no humbleness anymore. I feel yes. Like. People yeah. are not humble anymore. They want to own things. And I think there's almost a narcissistic portion to things where even though somebody's saying something, they're still doing it for their betterment of themselves or for that feedback that they get when they post certain things like that. And, and so I feel like there's a lot of that, a lot of narcissism and a lot of lack of being humble on social media. And it's really hard to tell when you're an outsider, if it's a real genuine account or not. Mm -hmm. Yes. I have been called out for being a narcissist before. And I, uh, I just confronted the person and was like, if you look back, you will see me share my struggles, share my ups, my downs, my everything. And if you don't, if you don't agree, I encourage you to just not follow me. You know, that's okay. If, if my page is not good for you, I don't want you to follow me. And for me, it's never been about the follows. Like I, I was, I, like I told you before, I was the kind of like the back end of things. Like I was the back in the kitchen making bricks and I was good with that. <laughs> um, but I wanted to kind of make, make a little something so that I had a little, a little group of women to, you know, be excited for them. They can be excited for me. We can all just like be one big group and, you know, I don't know, just like a little bit of empowerment there. Um, but yeah, it is extremely hard to tell the difference. And sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes you never, you'll never find out. And sometimes it'll really, it'll kind of like gut wrench you when you find out. Um, so just to encourage you to be honest with yourself or people to be honest with themselves um, and recognizing something doesn't feel right. Cause your, you, your gut's always going to be 
probably right. Your intuition is there for a reason. <laughs> I agree fully. And I know like even myself, if I catch myself browsing on Facebook wanting to look like someone, I shut that off. Yes. I get rid of it. Uh, so yeah, I totally am with you on all of that. So if somebody wants to come and find you, look you up, look at some great things that are motivating and empowering, where do they find you at? Uh, my website is ladysavage.com. And on Instagram, I am the.lady.savage. And we are on YouTube under Live Savage. I know these are all so different. So sorry. <laughs> uh, YouTube is under Live Savage. And there is a Lady Savage, um, what is that called? Playlist on there yeah. if you're just interested in me and don't want to see Robert at all. I love it. Well, I will make sure and include all that information in the show notes as well. And if people are interested in trying keto bricks, they can go do Mm -hmm. that as well. Um, They are a fun little thing to have. I know hiking, all of that kind of things, you can drag them along with you and it's an easy meal. So that's pretty great too. But yeah, yeah. You can find those at ketobrick.com or on at ketobrick on Instagram. Love it. Well, Crystal, it has been so awesome chatting with you about everything under the sun and hopefully we'll catch up again soon. Sounds good. Thank you so much for having me. Well, that wraps up my episode with Crystal. I'm so thankful she decided to take some time out of her busy schedule to join me and talk all about her story, her journey, her mindset, what works well for her. I think it's always great to have other people on the show to talk about the things that they found were beneficial in their life and hear their stories. So I really hope you enjoyed that. If you did get value out of this episode, please go leave me a review. I can't tell you how important they are. I haven't had any reviews left on my podcast in like three or four months and they help me find good quality guests to come on the show. So I want to keep this show going, keep bringing great professionals on. So if you could go leave me a review, leave me some stars, give me some feedback. It is always appreciated. Well, guys, until next time, I'm looking forward to seeing you next Monday.